Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 104, and I am thrilled to have on uh, the legendary boys basketball coach from Iowa, Mitch Osborne uh, from Harlan, Iowa, and what was it, Woodbine and Pomeroy Palmer as well, Mitch? Actually, it was Elkhorn Kimmelton. Elkhorn Kimmelton, yes. in 1980, but yeah, Elkhorn Kimmelton, 84 through 90, and then Pomeroy Palmer, 90 through 97, and then been at Elkhorn since 19, fall of 97. All right. Uh, I, I knew it was, I, I, I knew Pomeroy Palmer was in there, so, uh, but I couldn't remember the other one. But uh, anyway, uh, Mitch Osborne, the boys basketball coach at Harlan, Iowa. Uh, but before we get going here, we, of course, want to thank our founding sponsor, Cossack Chiropractic, located at 14450 Eagle Run Drive here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balanced neck or spinal issues, have them go see Cossack Chiropractic. You can check out their practice online at CossackChiro.com or give them a call at 402-964-0300. Just be sure to let them know that a pen and a napkin sent you. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. Uh, you're listening, of course. If you're listening, you're on iTunes, so download, rate, review, give us five stars so that we can gain momentum in the ratings and help as many coaches as we can to hone their craft. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Mr. Osborne, how are things for you this Sunday, this windy Sunday evening in Harlan, Iowa? Hey, doing well. Doing well. Looking forward to it. And uh, we got one game under our belt and a uh, busy week next week. We've got three games coming up. So uh, it's, uh, it's going to be here. And once games roll, the, the season flies by. Yes, it does. How did the Cyclones do the other night? Uh, we played Shenandoah on Thursday. Very young and inexperienced team. So we won pretty handily. Uh, but uh, it'll heat up here this week. We go to Kemper Tuesday and and on Friday, we get Denison home as an arch rival of ours. And then we go to Blair, Nebraska on Saturday. Oh, wow. So you'll be over in my neck of the woods on Saturday night. Yes, sir. Very good. Very good. Well, we welcome you across the river. Uh, so, um, Mitch, like I said, you know, you, you've had a long and, and illustrious career uh, going back 35, 36 years. Uh, for the folks that are kind of unfamiliar with, uh, with your basketball journey, let's, let's start out there with uh, you telling us about um, everything that you've done here the last three or four decades in the game of basketball. Well, I started my career back in 1984 through 90 at Elkhorn Kimmelton. was six years. I uh, actually started as a vocational agriculture teacher. I'm an ag major. Okay. And uh, there, and it was my first year, and I already signed a teaching contract walking down the hall the day I got my contract. Uh, it was in the spring. Uh, I think it was in May I went up there, and the boys' basketball coach resigned that the day before. And the superintendent, small school superintendent, goes, I see you get every coach certificate. Would you be interested in the boys' basketball job? So I started my career basically default. Uh, <laughs> that's how I got the boys' bat, head boys' yeah, basketball job. and Stepped into a great place at Elkhorn Kimbleton, and we had a lot of great young kids coming up. And so, you know, I was just uh, 21 and turned 22 that summer. So I was only about four years older than the seniors I was coaching. But uh, great bunch of guys, and that's how I got my start. And, um, you know, and then uh, fortunately I went to state a couple of years, my last two years at Elkhorn Kimbleton, 80, 
um, 88 and 89, excuse me, the spring 89, we went to state, got beat in the first round uh, by Kyoto, who won the state title. They mm-hmm. actually snapped the Palmer 103-game winning streak at the state tournament that year. And then uh, the next year we got back to state and made the semifinals. And and then uh, that spring, actually, we had Palmer Palmer, uh, Alden Skinner called me in the spring and went up there and visited, and that's how his son, Troy, was going to be playing basketball at the University of Iowa, and he was ready to retire from coaching. He was a superintendent, and I was still very young. He was like 45, 46 at the time, but he wanted to watch Troy and not miss his games, and so we became we became friends throughout the years because I really uh, – he was a mentor of mine and um, and took the job there, followed him. Those are big footsteps yeah. to follow. And uh, was there seven years, and uh, we were fortunate to go to state six out of the seven. We won a state title in '94, and we were runner-up in '95, and and we had a bunch of good, stepped into an established program. So I mean, I uh, you know at Elkhorn Kimbleton stepped into a youthful great bunch of guys, on and Palmer Palmer stepped into a tradition-filled program led by legendary coach and Hall of Famer Alden Skinner. Was and was then, that a uh, was that a little bit intimidating or not I don't know if intimidating is the right word or not yeah. but it, but you know it, it was a whole different set of pressure uh than what you'd had at Elkhorn you'd kind of built that program you know up to a, a state level type of team uh but it was probably uh, at Elkhorn, it was, hey, this is great. Whereas Palmeroy was like, this is what you're supposed to do. You know, was that's, it kind of that thing? You're, you're, you're exactly right, Marty. There was definitely pressure. and But you know what? That's a good kind of pressure to have. That's yep. the way I look at it. And, uh, you know, and uh, you know, the first year that I was there, we won a triple overtime to get to the state tournament. And we made the semis each year. You know, and then we finally broke through and won it in 94. And, and then 95, we were runner-up, which we, we, we had, uh, you know, we were right there, had a chance to win it, but uh, just didn't get her done you know and so but it was and Alden was still gonna be their superintendent and uh, I'd adapted a lot of the things that he'd done and the the best thing that you can do when you're following a legendary guy like him and a hall of famer you don't come in and change a bunch of things I just came in and we kept doing what he was doing Mm -hmm. and uh, you know I was already using a lot of his same stuff at at, at Elkhorn Kimmelton excuse me and so I think that was a huge key. He knew that uh, nobody's going to come in and, and, and trash and get rid of what he'd established and done. And, and we just took his youth program and ran with it just like he was doing and offensively kept doing that. And man-to-man defense, the way he ran it, we kept doing that. And so I think that was that made an easy transition for the kids. And it really helped me in a transition there, too. Um, I think with uh, with uh, obviously with the coaching staff and the players and also uh, the, the parents and the fans, you know, and so uh, mm-hmm. very supportive people. But mm-hmm. uh, it was a great, great, great seven years there. I uh, I don't mean to date you a bit, but I'm pretty sure when I was in high school, we played against you at the Great Iowa Shootout when I was a Sheldon Orab back in the day. so That uh, would be correct. That would be the Great Iowa Shootout. That would have been at uh, Orange City. I'm assuming, is that correct? Yes, yes, there? it was, yep. yes. And, and I didn't know you were a Sheldon Orab. Okay, well, you guys just won a state uh, I won a state title here. Eric Mason's a, a VOCA graduate and uh, did a great job, done a great job up there. And uh, I'm from Walnut originally, where so I graduated from. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I'm old. I know that. <laughs> I've missed my 38th year coaching and just turned 50, uh, 59 uh, last summer. So, uh, you know, and then Harlan, the Harlan job um, actually was on June 17th. Uh, the principal, Ken Klinkavus, had called, and uh, their coach at that point, they had, had, uh, Dave Lansing, had retired once and came back and was retiring again. And they had the position open, and, 
and Kent Klinkafoo said, well, Mitch, we got uh, a position I think we can work out for you. And, you know, and so we came down and visited. And I was leaving when I left, left and took the job then. But when we left Palmer Palmer, the thing that I'm probably very, very proud of is they won two state titles after I left. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't happen the first year because uh, the coach they hired one year dismantled about everything I did. And instead of hiring my assistant coach, who they should have hired, uh, Brian Heidi. And but uh, then one year later, they hired Brian and uh, won two state titles. Mm-hmm. And uh, that says uh, that that makes me feel great. Uh, some people say, oh, man, you just had to be disappointed. So, no, I was just thrilled because, you know, you left the program in great, great condition, great shape. And and uh, we knew I knew I was walking away. And my son, Joel, was in sixth grade at the time, Kevin, in fourth grade. And they were in those kids' grades. And uh, coming up, they were absolutely loaded. And it would have been a crazy, crazy run we'd had in 1A. But uh, Harlan was just, you couldn't pass it up. Uh, kids have an opportunity to be here, uh, play football for for Coach Blatt, and baseball for Coach Degas. And just everything that uh, Harlan had to offer, I uh, just couldn't pass it up. And so came here in the fall of 97 and been here since. Mm-hmm. What, uh, you, your, your two boys have gotten into coaching and um obviously they they're in a you know their their youth experiences is much different than yours and mine uh but what um what's different about getting into coaching today watching your boys get into it as opposed to when you started in 84 85 uh, what what have you seen that's that's different as you as you watch your your you know other young coaches get into it? What adjustments do they have to make? How is how is coaching basketball different now? Well, you know, I think the the one difference though, is the advantage. And Coach Skinner, the biggest thing I found out was his youth program. And back then, in the in the you talking in the eighties, basically the head coaches the they didn't really run a youth program. Uh, maybe a dad or a parent or somebody did it, and uh, he was in. He took care of it and ran it, and that's a, that's what I did. Then I did that at Elkhorn Kimbleton. And when your head coach is running a youth program, oh boy, you got great t- great things ahead of you because your program is going to take huge leaps and bounds. Uh, you can't coach everything. You put divide things up, but you you're in charge of it and you sort of set the parameters. We're going to be playing man to man. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. These are the drills I want. I don't want ninety minute packs I, I want i tell them i want 60 to 75 minutes i want i just want a couple days a week i want the kids to have fun you want to keep them enthused and then your summer your 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 off-season program in the summertime but also think is uh i think that was a key back then and now everybody's sort of caught up to that so uh, mm-hmm. i think that's been the change you're required to do it now if you don't do it you're not going to make it. It's going to be yeah. real tough for your program to make it. And uh, so I think that's a huge, huge difference. Uh, you know, you got to, you might be not be completely in charge, but you better be some, there may be some, some hands on and you better have a, a good understanding of what's going on and have, put somebody in charge of it that, that's going to, that's going to take care of it and do it right. What have you learned from your boys as, as uh, they've gone through their yeah. journey? Uh, sorry, Adam, I didn't mean to interrupt you on that. No, it's okay. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, obviously I had three sons. Uh, Joel graduated in 2004, and now he's a head football coach at Benedictine uh, College and head football coach, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, he went to Northwest Missouri State out of, out of high school and played football for Mel Churchman mm-hmm. and, um, and uh, there. And so had a great career there and uh, worked out great. And then with coached at Northwest Missouri State. And just was this is his first fall as head football coach, uh, Kevin. 
my son, another son graduated in 2006. And the funny thing is, uh, not funny thing, the great thing about it is Marty got to coach my sons. Yep. And uh, we were fortunate to win a state title. We were runner-up in 3A uh, when Joel was a junior. And then we won it in four. And the next year when he was a senior. And then in 2006, my other son, Kevin, he got to suit in 04. And then in 06, he, we won the state title his, his senior year also. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I think uh, I was pretty uh, – pretty hands-on because my sons i figured i you know coaching youth and coaching different weekend tournaments and that i was going to be there to watch him i'm going to coach him you know and i think the other some of the other coaches uh, players benefited from that those grades really did benefit from that because my assistant coach would help with his kids are there and etc so i think that really helps on that learning from my kids probably i was too tough on them (laughs) you know you learn to be a little more patient you know i was probably uh uh rougher and tougher on them that than I was anybody else and uh you know but they were mentally tough and I, I look back on it and if I could change one thing that would probably be the one thing I'd have changed would have would have been uh you know you learn through time and years of coaching more patience um you know the screaming and hollering days I, I remember I, I I would I would unleash a, you know, you'd holler and scream and that be in the, that be, that was in the 80s and that was sort of in the early 90s and that you could get that out of your system i'll raise my voice from time to time but uh the guys know if i raise my voice because you know we don't swear we don't cuss we don't do that stuff uh but if i do raise my voice they know it's uh i mean we better straighten up we better get to work you know and uh but uh they, they just uh those guys just were great workers and really did. And then my son, Zach, my youngest son, Zach, and then Kevin played bas- college basketball at Benny Vista for Brian Van Haften, uh-huh. PH, and who's at Dort now. And then my youngest son, Kev, uh, Zach, uh, graduated in 2012, went to state his freshman year, and he did suit up his freshman year with Kevin's seventh man, was seventh man off the bench. And uh, we didn't get back. We got to sub-state twice, and we just had injuries that sidetracked us, got beat two by two by Sioux City Helan the one year and his senior year, and that was really a tough, tough loss to take. Yeah. But, uh, man, it was great coaching my sons. And Zach went on to play football at Wayne State, and he was a quarterback there, and Joel was quarterback down in Northwest. You know, I'm a basketball coach. I tell Coach Vlad I coach basketball, <laughs> and two of my three sons go play college football. You know, <laughs> But uh, they loved it, and I loved yeah. it because it worked out great. I could go see all their football games. And then I could keep coaching basketball. And obviously, Kevin, I got shortchanged a little bit. I couldn't make it to all his games uh, when he was playing at BV, but you just could go when you could go. Yep. Um, you, you were talking about, and, and I and I know all of us, are, if, if you've done this long enough, you, 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 are, uh, you, you have those times, you have those stretches. I even think about to our games this last weekend. It's like, God, just, I just felt like I was hooting and hollering a little bit too much. And I know I, you know, in my heart of hearts, I didn't do it very much, but you know how important is to is it to uh pace that hooting and hollering as you call it um you know that i really think that if you hoot and holler too much it starts going in one ear and out the other especially with uh the way athletes process things today uh what do you think about that mitch you're absolutely on it 100 percent uh they just they, they they tune you out and uh they're not going to listen and you know the best way and and i do think i learned watching joel coach at northwest missouri state and kevin was coach kevin my son now is coaching with me and what a thrill that is he's one of my assistant coaches Uh Uh, he's got a real estate business here in town and uh he works it out so he can coach with me but uh watching them and how they're relate you know they're younger than me 
and how their relationship with the young guys is. And, and obviously, uh, Joel's not that. He doesn't coach that way. Not a negative tone. He's a positive, very positive coach. And um, I think that, you, you know, it's about building relationships and a positive relationship. And, uh, boy, if you do that, uh, kids will just run through a brick wall for you. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, I was going to mention, Marty, when you talk about Omaha and, and that when I did move here to Harlan in the fall of, uh, fall of 97 or my first year here. So I was fortunate my senior starting point guard was was uh, Billy Cundiff. Who actually went to Drake and then spent 11 years in the NFL as a kicker. Yep. And uh, and Brody Darren was a junior, and then he oh. played at Creighton. You know, yep. those are years and years ago. But uh, I mean, to step in your first job and have a, <laughs> a great point guard and a great postman, it was just amazing. But Brody never really got to play much as sophomore. I remember walking in the weight room and I, I hadn't met the team yet. Uh-huh. I thought he was a college student. I couldn't believe it when I saw him. I said, this can be one of my players? Oh, great. This is great. This can be fun. Yeah. This can be fun. But, uh, you know, I think the big thing once I got to Harlan is Omaha is 60 miles away. And the first thing I got was, it was Gary Shives and John Robinson. John Robinson, he co- he's an official there in the Metro. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Gary Shives had the Predator basketball program down at Papillion La Vista. Uh-huh. And they, had a, they, had a, they have a winter league. For youth for, for uh, pro youth programs, so I got our youth programs, and that that was a huge plus. And our parents bought into it. Yeah. And here I'm thinking, and we were the only Iowa team doing that, and mm-hmm. I loved it because it gave us a huge advantage. And then the other thing, what I did is uh, when I got here right away, Tim Cannon, I knew him before. Yep. Uh, when I in that, so I called Tim. And I, all of a sudden, I got into Omaha Bryan shootout. I got into, uh, we got into Gretna, Sarpy County now. It's called Sarpy County now. So we do three weekend tournaments over in Omaha and play two, we play six games a weekend. And so, you know, we got with Doug Woodard, uh, his program that he was running back then. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I got some kids on the, on his summer program on the select teams they try out for, you know. And yeah. so Doug and I became good friends and, and Tim and Josh Lukey at Creighton Prep and all these guys that you, I've got to know. And it be just because of that summer, uh, we go over there and play and we play up to three, four weekends over in Omaha and play up to six games, three games a day or two to three games a day on those weekends. And we've been doing that ever since. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's just been, uh, that's tremendous. We go to UNO's uh, team camp. Darren Hanson has been great to us and, and that, and obviously coach Mack at Creighton there, mm-hmm. uh, known him a long time since he's Wayne state. Now we do have kind of the Creighton shootout tournaments, but we, we just keep going to high school ones. But I think that's been another key for our program. And, and, uh, you know, we're one of the few Iowa schools that do, I know, uh, Lewis central once in a while slips over there in Glenwood, yeah. Kurt Schulte, when he had his real good, real good run here, he's brought his team over there to play in some couple different things but uh those those guys i've got to know a lot of the nebraska coaches and learned a lot what from them and and got some great friendships jason ryan at bellevue he's at bellevue uh got to play in la vista now he's the ad and just different guys you know so it's been a it's that's been a great thing also being at harlan and being so close to omaha because that's helped our program tremendously well i think it's unique and that you guys are kind of out there a little bit on an island uh, Mitch, where you you've got this community of about eight was Harlan about eight thousand people, fifty two hundred people. Oh, fifty two hundred. Yep. 
Really? Oh my goodness! Yeah, and, I thought but, it was but, bigger but than that. You, can, you add the little. We got we got the small schools around. We got small yep. towns around us. Yeah. So you can probably add another uh, fifteen hundred people. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that you okay. funnel into. If you got Panama, Portsmouth, Erling, Westphalia, Defiance, uh, Jacksonville, Corley. So we got uh, we do funnel in some some there too. And there's some good good players and kids come from those communities. Believe me. So my math wasn't that bad. No, you're <laughs> no, okay. you're close. Okay. All right. Uh, but you know, you guys, so, so you have a, a decent sized community, um, but you're not, you, you don't have to necessarily, and I hate to use the, this phrasing, but you don't have to worry about kids being drawn into an Omaha situation or a Des Moines situation. Your kids are there to play for, for Harlan, uh, for the, for the most part here. And, but you're close enough to Omaha or you're close enough to Des Moines to where you can take advantage of of being that close. Hey, let's go over, let's play three games down at Bellevue West uh, today, and then we'll drive right back here tonight. And, yes. and I, and I, and I think that's a, the, the, the geography of, of your situation has, has been uh, uh, to me, it's a, it's a huge advantage to what you have. It, you, you hit it right there. And that's what I agree. And, and, you know, we, we have gone to Des Moines a couple times, but I'll tell you what, I love going because I love playing in Nebraska schools because it's just people you're not going to see. And 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 I'm going to tell you the competition in Omaha, it's uh, it's unbelievable. I'm, I'm you go to C one, C two, Class B. I mean, you're talking the Class B schools are loaded too, and it's just uh, uh, you know we had our heyday, real real good teams. Um, you know, hey, we loved it. We loved to battle Bellevue West. We've had some great ones and different ones like that. But uh, you know, hey, I tell them if we're we're down a little bit this year, we can't, we can't we can't play with the big big boys, you know. <laughs> and you know, and the other one, you know, uh, Bruce Chubbick down there, at, down there, and all, he was at Abraham Lincoln, so we battled before he went over across the river, you know. Yep. So, but you did it right there, and it's just been a huge huge plus for us, and and we can come home, and you know, it's quite ironic you just said that because I was reading an article about the high school, and we get I get the Omaha World Herald, mm-hmm. and. I was reading one. They were talking about the the Class A teams and the B and the, the better teams this year and the players. And it was it was saying, well, the transfer portal's been good too. And they they, they named <laughs> off kids that were going to Bellwood, other kids that were going to different schools. And it's it's like you don't have, we don't have to worry about batting down our hatches here and, and protecting our borders as much, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you, you you're exactly right on that. I was going to mention we are going to play in the Omaha, the Omaha Prep Classic again. That's it. Uh, yeah, the boys Yeah, Sokol. Yeah. We're going to play Platteview, who's I think ranked number two in Class B, and they got Connor Milliken, who's yeah. just phenomenal. Uh, so uh, you know that's going to be uh, that's going to be a heck of a challenge for us, obviously, when we play that game. Yeah, that that will be that'll be a lot of fun. I might have to buy a ticket for that night. Uh, okay. So, um, hey, you know, speaking of your community, uh, you guys are just. Not only have you had a, a one heck of a basketball program, uh, but your football program just won another state title. I, I think is at thirteen in the playoff era, uh, is what I saw. Uh, baseball's been successful. Obviously, the basketball's been really good. Uh, and I'm going to use air quotes here, Mitch. What's the secret uh, to what you guys do there at Harlan, where you you have all these athletes, you've developed them, uh, you share them successfully. Uh, your kids, like you said, your kids were, were, were quarterbacks and, and playing college football, uh, you know, so forth and so on. Uh, what is it that you guys have going on in your system, in your school district that has enabled not just one program to be really, really good, but so many programs? 
you know, um, my second year, my I became here and I was activities director and athletic director and assistant principal. And I remember uh, Coach Blatt, the football program, like you said, all the success he had. And um, we just talked about uh, every we do share the athletes, but everybody working and getting along. And, and that's the key. There's no jealousies. Once in a while, you got bumps along the road, but our coaches have worked so well together and, uh, in sharing the athletes, like you said, and encouraging them to go off for other sports and letting the athlete know you might be, this might be your third favorite sport, but you need to come out for, uh, football. Like he Stein, when Joel was a senior, was a receiver for him, but he, and he was a good basketball player for me. Football is his probably his third best sport, but he was a very outstanding baseball player. He's now our head baseball coach and played college baseball, but, uh, he was out, and and thank goodness he was, because I don't know if we win a state title without him, you know, mm-hmm. and in basketball or or uh, you know or, bait, or football, you know. So and the same way with Joel and other guys, you know, Joel the summer could have went the football camp route, but played baseball, you mm-hmm. know, and won a state title as baseball uh, his junior their junior year, you know. So I think the big thing is and and in convincing our coaches to raise the level of expectations just like Coach Blatt had in football. And I think instead of wanting the jealousy of wanting football to come down and meet us, we, we raise our level up to them. And I, I think that was a key. And, you know, obviously we want to hire great head coaches and, and, rec- and, you know, and I think that's another thing that I try to do as AD is when uh, we had a coaching opening, we didn't. Wait, I didn't wait for the applications to come in the door. I got on the phone and uh, I was beating down the door of people getting Angie Spangerberg to come to Harlan. You know, the Hall of Fame volleyball coach, and took us there and won two state. T- you know, j- just different things like that. It, it be aggressive in our hiring process on getting top coaches that we can get, but also then they understand we're going to be sharing and we're going to be doing all these things, like just like you talked about, and uh, and so I think that really help the positive and then the kids come to the games and they support each other and support the other programs so uh boys and girls mm-hmm. and that's been the key i think there's no jealousy between the boys and girls they're they're supporting the last year our girls went to state tournament basketball did a great job you know boys we had really a we had a tough year last year we had two starters go out with injuries early in the season so that really hurt us and uh but our boys were there cheering for them hard state tournament mm-hmm. on a tournament trip you yeah. know so i think that's a that's a big key yep a pen and a napkin university is offering you, our listeners, a great opportunity to learn more about coaching above and beyond the a pen and a napkin universe. In our video series dealing, detailing personal growth and development, you can purchase videos on topics like interviewing for a job, basketball analytics, and fundraising and social media. Go to a pen and a napkin.com and follow the links to order. Videos are $10 a piece, or you can get the bundle for $50. That's less than $8 a video. We also have our defensive series available. Those videos are $10 a piece, or you can get the three-video bundle for $25. Check out the Append and a Napkin University Video Library. Osborne Auctions. Mitch, um, I, yes, I, I, did, I didn't know you were an auctioneer or into the auctioning uh, business. Um, how, does, how does being at least part-time involved in, in an outside business other than coaching, other than being involved in a school... Uh, how does that cross over into your coaching world? You know, it, it uh, it's amazing you mentioned that. Cause my dad went to started auctioneering in 1976, 
And just to give you a little background, 1982, spring break, my college, my sophomore year, I went to auction school at May City, Iowa. I love to help dad at sales. So I've been auctioneering for 39 years. Uh, two years ago, I actually retired uh, two years ago as, as, as an AD and assistant principal here at Harlan Community. Um, and I uh, went a couple years longer. But uh, so that's been my full-time gig. Now, really, we've had a busy year this year. We've done 38 of them. We oh, two wow. more coming up this next week. We've done 38 this year. But with that being said, I think it sees people see me in a different um, it's really helped the public relations and, and, and you see, you see a different clientele of people, but in the same token, some of the parents, some of the community people see you, uh, you see me, uh, you know, we'll do up to eight, I'll do up to about eight benefit auctions, mm-hmm. you know, uh, different church functions and different church auctions or boy scouts or, or, you know, uh, they're doing a fundraiser for different things and, uh, you go out and you volunteer your time and you do that to raise funds. And, and I think that's been a, that's a, that's been a huge uh, key to uh, just uh, people see in a different light. They don't just see as a see you more as a person. Sometimes they don't see you as that school figure, you know. And sometimes yeah. that can be intimidating, mm-hmm. you know. I think that's helped to break down a lot of walls there and that. But uh, uh, enjoy that, and uh, I hire a lot of our our guys to help in the uh, <laughs> set up sales. And so uh, there's employment opportunities, you know, part time <laughs> gigs for guys and. And my guys, it's almost like coaching, though, too. The auction day is like game day. And the day before is like a, setting up an auction is like getting like a basketball practice, you know. Yeah. But uh, it all goes hand in hand. But it's been it's been great that way. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Do you ever mess with your guys in the middle of practice and just start going auctioneer on them and just start talking really fast? Marty, I got a question. We were at our practice yesterday because Nick, we got Nick Christensen, who is our, uh, he's a, would be an assistant coach. And Nick has cerebral palsy. So he's confined to a motorized chair. And he graduated from Harlan back in 2001. And he was a manager back then and got mm-hmm. his coaching. I got him his coach certificate. So he's great. He runs the clock at every practice. Uh-huh. So he's running the clock and he knows I don't like the horn necessarily to go off. Well, the horn went off. I said, Coach Nick, what's going on over there? And, and so Nick, you know, I said, Nick, okay, coach, you got to get five push-ups. Well, his push-ups, he just puts his arms straight up in the air. You know, extend those arms. Yep. And and then Nick goes, coach, I'm trying to figure this out. And I said, all the way up to 10. So I, I started auctioning. I did 5, 10, 15, 20, you know, that type thing. And I said, Nick, where do you want to go up to 35, you know, and, and that type thing. So it just did it yesterday, you know. So it's uh, we'll do it once in a while. But yesterday it just did it. So I'm, I'm figuring somebody tipped you off. Uh, no, no, that that – that was that was right off the cuff there. So I, I just think I think it'd be a great advantage. Like if you could teach your guys, I mean, it would be a great scouting advantage. Somebody's somebody's coming to watch you scout, and you start speaking auctioneer, and your guys know what you're saying. But right. but but the dude sitting across the gym is like, what was that? Seattle was that Albuquerque? Yeah. What's he What's he say? I just I just it'd be like speaking in pig Latin, and nobody'd know what you're saying. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, you were an athletic director for a long time, uh, and, and you hired coaches and, and had to work with coaches and, and things like that. Um, how did being an administrator while being the head coach of your own program kind of influence your own coaching? Um, you know, were, were you picking things up from your coaches as you watched them perform? Um, did you did you ever feel like it was um, – you were in a tough spot sometimes, you know, what was that experience like and, and what did you learn from it? 
You know, it, I, I was AD at Elkhorn five, my first second year. I got hired as an AD because the guy left late. And so they, yes, yeah, so I was AD the last five years. Now at a 1A school, it's completely different yeah. as, as then you're at there. So at Harlan, um, you know, the funny thing about that, Marty, is that I'd actually interviewed at Harlan right after one state title in 94. I interviewed in 1995. And it was the same job that I took yeah. as AD, assistant principal job. And, and the, at that time, they didn't want that person being a head coach. And I understand part of that, but I, I remember I was a little disappointed because I was really, really wanting to, uh, that job at that time. Well, then two years later, it worked out. I got down here. But anyway, I think me being a frontline coaching, I think it probably helped me just because with my relationship with the other coaches, because they knew I was I was experiencing the same things they were. And so I, I understood what some of the things they were going through. But when you talk about learning, absolutely. I learned so much from Coach Blatt watching his practices. The first year I got down here, I remember I'd go out there and I wouldn't really watch his practices to, to, to try to critique him by any means. I was I was watching him to learn for myself or sure. Coach Davis and, and just doing a walkthrough, just being visible as an AD. It's important. But I'll tell you what, Coach Blatt learned so much and I implemented some of his, his sort of his philosophy and practice. And, you know, I know people love to do drills, drills, drills. And, and, and Coach Blatt said, Coach, you don't have a, we don't have a blocking sled. We don't even have any blocking dummies, any uh, blocking sledding. And I remember Coach Vlad's comment goes, well, that's what sophomores are for. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh that loud, but that's that's funny. I know it. I said, Coach, I said, you know, I was AD. Do you want want a five-man sled or a seven-man sled? Do you want to? Nope, we're good. We're good, and he, he he did so much with so little. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, you would it's just amazing. The guy, you know, you everybody think, oh, he probably got everything. I'd have to, I'd have to beg, I'd have to finally say, coach, we're buying some of this, we're getting this. I'd have to spend money and pick out what he he needed because he would, he was just, he, it was great, it was great to work with him and that, you know. And Coach Davis the same way. And I think the biggest thing I learned from those two guys was more in-game situations. Coach Blatt did a lot of scrimmaging, a lot of scrimmaging. Coach Davis did the same thing, and I really incorporated a lot more. Uh, you know, I remember I, and I know this is probably against all rules, and some coaches can say you, I'm crazy, but uh, we don't do. I don't do one. We don't do one uh, rebounding drill. I've never. We don't do a rebounding drill. Our rebounding drill is when we're as when we're playing. We're in half court D. Give up an offensive board. You know that's our rebounding. I remember I, I do we do these rebounding drills, Marty, mm-hmm. and we go to implement. And then you go to you go to the scrimmage setting. Well, it, it didn't translate. We we like wait, to me. I think we wasted 15 minutes doing the rebounding drill when we could have been doing three on three or been or or doing the five on five, getting up and down the floor. And, and really, you know, and, and having the live game type rebounds, you know, that thing. And that's, that's what we went to. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing that. I've been doing that ever since uh, for the last 25 years, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that's probably some people say, gosh, you're crazy. But that's, you know, and I think we've done a pretty good job of rebounding. We've had some great athletes to do it, believe me. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so we work a lot on our half-court defense. And our half-court, I always tell people are. I know uh, obviously your half court defense and offense have got to be solid uh, because I remember I we state if you live by the fresh you die by the press mm-hmm. you know because the further you go down the tournament trail the better the teams are and they're going to get through your press they're going to handle your press most of the time you might be able to do it one or two trips but they're going to figure it out next thing you can do it's a layup drill for the other team so uh, we really really try to hunt 
uh, try to really sit down and be real solid in our half-court D. We want to run and push the ball, but our half-court offense is really where we've also got to be rock solid because you get the further you go down the trip, the, the, the tournament trail, the better the teams are, the less you can be able to get out and run and fast break, and then your half-court offense has got to be really, really good. Mm-hmm. So those are the two areas we really – I mean, we work on up and down all the time, but we're, we might start our drill on a half-court. We're going to work half-court defense into offense transition, half-court offense and defense transition, that type of thing. And my assistants run the scout team. So that I know I, I went off, off – uh, there a little bit no no that's that's, good. that's that's really what i learned from coach blatt i mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. and that was a football coach yeah you know so i said i wish i had watched his football practice about 15 years before this you know yeah. so no i i i agree with you kind of you know on that rebounding thing is that you know and uh I, we just we just emphasize every rebound or every drill we're going to rebound every every time that there's somebody out there now We've had to regress on that a little bit just because we've we've struggled a little bit more than what I anticipated we would on the boards. Uh, so we, we have done a little bit more drill work than I would like, but uh, you know that's I, I think that's a, a great a great thought. And, and and you know rebounding is one of those things I think uh, it, it's either you're all in and you're doing 20 minutes of Izzo beating the snot out of each other rebounding drills or you got guys yeah. that are like, ah, you know what? We're we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about it every drill, but we're not gonna spend a bunch of time on it. And I think yeah. that's an I think that's an interesting philosophical type of uh, uh, thing to look at. You know, um, especially now that the game is more perimeter oriented, I think coaches are spending less and less time on rebounding and the physicality of the game. I agree. I agree. No doubt, Marty. I was gonna mention one more thing. We we're talking about Nebraska and how I cross we court across the border and different things in Omaha playing. Yep. The other thing is. My uh, relationship with the uh, obviously has been great with Darren Hanson. They he made he, you know I'd had he made they'd offered my son Joel and, and did different things in basketball too. That's when Coach McKinnon was there also uh-huh. at that time. But going back, uh, Coach Crop at UNK and Kevin Lofton, uh-huh. uh, my relationship with them is outstanding incredible and uh you know they they've offered all three of my sons had the opportunity to go there and and they did get a couple finally get a couple more but any other players uh trey landsman went there and played was a 2000 point career score oh, I, I don't know how many rebound ton of them but he was an all-american for him mm-hmm. and uh kyle jewell also went there so we've had a couple of players go out there and had and it's just a great great program i want to mention that coach lofton great relationship with him but and coach crop i know he's retired now but man i guess you talk about a legend uh when you read his story that's quite a deal but uh, i just want to mention that uh there's a lot and my son zach played at wayne state and we loved wayne state just uh there's just so many good things uh yeah i was just gonna mention that yeah well i appreciate that mitch uh uh you know it's it, it, it's it's a good place it's a good place it's, uh there, there's a lot of good things in both states in in both nebraska and iowa and and we're we're kind of fortunate to be in this I-29 corridor, both of us here, uh, where you can just go up and down that corridor from between Sioux Falls and, and Omaha, and there's just so many good things going on in our game and, and in sports in general uh, that, you know, a lot of we know about it, but it's kind of our little secret in this area as well. Too. Yep. So, yep. Um, hey, let's, uh, let's transition here to uh, at this point, Mitch. Um, we're going to go with our John Wooden quote of the day. Uh, and and for those uh, uh, 
folks that are wondering, I, I've, I've gotten these quotes. Uh, it's a great book, and, and many coaches have it. If you don't have it, I encourage you to get on Amazon and purchase. Or, you know, it's it's Christmas time. Ask for it for Christmas. Uh, the, the book is Wooden, A Lifetime of Observations and Reflections on and Off the Court. Um, and so uh, I encourage you, like I said, if, if you're a coach, you need to get that book. And uh, this is where I'm getting all of these quotes from. And so uh, we, we uh, Mitch, the first 100 episodes, we had the Don Meyer quote of the day. And, and now that we've turned triple digits, we're going with the John Wooden quote of the day. So uh, if you would uh, like to, to comment on this, feel free. All right, sir? Okay. All right. The John Wooden quote of the day is, the final score is not the final score. The final score is how prepared you were to execute near your own particular level of competence, both individually and as a team. And, and that's, you know, you have to, uh, some, there, there's very few teams that can consistently look at the scoreboard and say we succeeded because of the scoreboard. I think there's so many of us that get caught up in the scoreboard that we have to look at the building blocks to whatever that score is. And sometimes you look at the scoreboard and it may be lopsided one way or the other, but you've worked your tail off and you worked, if, if you didn't work as hard as you did, the, the, the scoreboard would be even more lopsided than what it was before that. So that's, that's what I see when I hear that quote. That's, that's, that's what I, that's my imagery when I think of, when I think of that quote, what do you think, Mitch? You know, I think uh, there. You know, the fun of the game is obviously prepping and preparing, and I think sometimes, just like you said, uh, sometimes you can play down. Your competition is maybe not as good, and you don't play it in the score. You still won by. You know, I'm not saying you won't blast anybody, but uh, and maybe there's somebody's really good. And, and example, I would say was. Uh, we, we played at the Quest Center, then at CHI, then they had the Smith brothers at Ralston mm-hmm. when they were loaded, Class A, and we played them. And, I mean, we, we hung in there, and we hung in there. You know, you're never, I want to say, a consolation or, or you're happy with the loss, but you know what? I was so proud and pleased with my guys. We, had, we got beat by 10. We did everything we could, and we did. So the scoreboard didn't. Even, I, I felt like we won the game. Uh-huh. So you're you're you hit it right there with that quote. That's yeah. you know. There's sometimes you feel like you you know you won the game. We did. I felt like we won the game, even though we didn't. You know. So yeah, um, no doubt about it. And uh, another one, we we lost a state title game in 2008. Uh, Dubuque Um We scored with two seconds left to tie it to put it in overtime, and they actually the time ran out. They put two seconds back on the clock, and uh-huh. Eric May went to Iowa. He uh, they passed it. To, he got got the ball right at half court, and turned and just flung it up there, and it went in. And that's how that's how we lost the state title. That we didn't go to overtime. Everybody's all ready to go to overtime, and you know. So I mean, I think that quote hits right there too. I mean, our mm-hmm. guys did everything, and you know, so right yeah. there it is. Yeah. Well, I've been you know I've been telling our team, and 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 we're rebuilding our program and and we're really young i mean we're starting three sophomores this year um and my my whole thing is we're, we're not playing against the opponent we're consistently grading ourselves against the game of basketball and how we're playing the game of basketball uh whether it's in practice whether it's a, a game uh we just happen to be playing a game today but it's still all about playing against the game of basketball and preparing ourselves to the best of our ability to to play against the game of basketball. And that's ultimately what we're judging ourselves on, especially in December, uh, with just 
get better, get better, get better, and then let the chips fall where they may. And, Absolutely. And that's and that's that's what we're trying to preach right now as well. So, um, let's talk about your your youth development there at Harlan. Uh, like I said, you know, you're not a place. You're not in Omaha where, as you referenced earlier, the transfer portal is is alive and well. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, in a lot of different ways, uh, yeah. or or any other big city. You know, your kids are uh, you're, you're pretty much unless unless uh, a mom or a dad gets a new job to come in or move out. Uh, these are the kids that you're going to have, and and so what are you guys doing? Uh, with your youth development, uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier, but if you could go into more details with with how you're developing your kids for for basketball specific type of stuff, uh, what's the structure of your youth program? Yeah, what we do is obviously in the summertime we have uh, we have our summer camp. Uh, it's it's five, you know five day camp that's second through we do second through sixth grade or third through sixth grade and second graders. I tell the parents that feel they're physically can go against third grade to come, but anyway, that's where they're in the second section, seventh through eighth grade. And then what we do there, what I'm going to do at that point is we're going to break that down and see how many of those kids want to, parents, they want to continue playing uh, an additional above and beyond what we can do locally. So what we'll do is uh, we played in the, we used to be called the Predator League, and then you had the Omaha OSA League. And now this year, Jason Isaacson and Council West Abraham Lincoln started a youth league. And so we've always had our, our kids, uh, we try to take, you know, you don't necessarily, if we got 15 kids, we're going to have two, two good teams in that grade. What, so whoever's interested, we're trying to send them, and they're doing that right now at Abraham Lincoln at Council Plus. And so our third through sixth grade and our seventh and eighth grade season is going on right now. They're participating in that league. Mm-hmm. And then the right after January, then our third through eighth grade, then they're going to continue on and wants to continue. We're going to go on and play in the local, you know, your tournaments, your weekend, the Saturday, we go play three games mm-hmm. like that. And we usually at that point, our seventh and eighth graders, it's sort of pared down and weeded down there. It depends how many want to participate, but we'll have at least one team. Sometimes you have two, but uh, we have one team, and, and I'm I'm selecting the coaches for that, and I'm not, by that mean you're going to have parents do that. But fortunately, I've been here for 25 years. I've got a lot of my uh, players that I've coached. Their kids are now participating, mm-hmm. or they've moved back. We we have a lot of people that come back to the community. They like it here, and so I've got them helping coach. And so they they set up their they do that, but also we run what we call our little cyclone basketball program, and so we do that. And we just got started that in December. We do three Saturdays where they get together and we do uh, we do drill work and 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 the, and we do that. The fundamentals our second, third, and fourth graders are together, and then our fifth and sixth are together. And I have my freshmen, sophomores work with the younger guys are helping along with our coaches, and they come in for seventy minutes on a Saturday, and then we bring our 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 fifth and six graders in and our juniors and seniors are working with them and then in january what we do for five sundays in the afternoon there uh we uh, they will have up to you know we divide them up into teams our second graders third and fourth etc each grade separate and we actually play games we'll cross court and so we'll do that on a sunday afternoon and our high school boys are coaching them and so and our coaches are reffing so uh that's what our youth program sort of looks like there and we we have our little cyclone program, so nobody's getting left out at all. Because we know it's not it's expensive. It, it costs money to travel. It costs money to 
to participate in these uh, weekend tournaments. It costs money to do these things, uh, whether you're doing OSA or you're doing other things like mm-hmm. that. So I want to make sure we got something available for kids here that, that don't have the, maybe the finances to do that. So we don't want somebody to slip through the cracks. And I, I'm going to tell you a perfect example would be uh, uh, Connor Frame, who's a senior for me this year, and he uh, was a first-team All-Stater in football. And uh, the, he's been a th- be a three-year starter for me in basketball. I'll go back to Connor Frame as a seventh grader, would have been in the team and in sixth grade he probably wouldn't even made the travel team if we'd had a travel team and uh in eighth grade then he was still a b teamer in ninth grade all of a sudden he's on the a team and then sophomore year he's starting for me and i just think back if he'd have slipped through the cracks we'd have lost you know we could have lost him and here he is um he's gonna but he's got a chance to be an all-state basketball player also football he was a first team all-stater and so i think that's important we sometimes we're identifying and picking out kids uh, I, you know, I'm not trying to pick on volleyball, but it just seems like volleyball, the club sport, that thing goes 11 out of 12 months. I know basketball, we get after it, but by I, no I means think you're wrong. Know. I think you're wrong with that, Mitch. I think it goes 13 out of the 12 months. 13 out of 12. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I know the people, uh, and I'm not saying, but I just say it's almost that it's, it's wild. The travel on that is wild. So I think some people are getting, some kids are getting left out. And I think that's why our numbers are going down now compared to way back in years ago is years ago, there wasn't all those travel opportunities. So everybody participated and played. And now you're get, they're getting weeded out almost too soon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we got Jacob Birch, another one that's going to be a starter for me, a junior. He would, uh, he, I, him and Connor frame would be perfect examples. They would have been, you'd be, you would consider them and the, 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 you know, the, when you talk about an A team or a B team or the next, not the top 10, they would not have been in the top 10 back in fifth and sixth grade mm-hmm. you know so thank goodness we had our program going and now they're two of my they're two of my starters you know well and, and i think that's a you know that is an interesting comment that you that you make about that and and what i have seen especially when i was at my old job is the the the, the club stuff would just wear kids out um you know both physically and mentally and you'd see a lot of kids that by the time they were a, a junior or senior, uh, they had at times had regressed because they had done so much instead of keeping that balance. And I think what you guys have done a great job with at Harlan is because you're, you've got kids in two and three sports, uh, they're fresh. They're excited about playing basketball instead of going, oh, okay, it's another basketball season. I just got done with my, you know, you know, yep. MacGuffin uh aau team and now i'm rolling into my high school team and i mean you know here in nebraska we have the state finals on a saturday and and they're trying out for a club team on sunday morning i mean (laughs) you know what uh, what yeah where's our priorities at here is my question you know yeah you know, I want to give you an example of what with today. So uh, usually I don't, you know, if we get a game on Monday, we will practice on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, but when we start so late like we did because we're in the state, we, we were seven days late because of football, which is a great problem to have. We want that every year because that yep. success just carries right through to basketball. We only had two kids that were not playing football that are off for basketball. So I, we didn't couldn't start, do anything. But today, uh, so we practiced, and I moved our practice. So we practiced at 4 o'clock today, and we went an hour, 90 minutes, because I had Kate Sears, who's a sophomore, and he's a he's a, on JV, but varsity, suits varsity. But he's a very, very good baseball player, and he he's going to Omaha, and I, he's got a pitching lesson, and he goes down his dad, and perfect, got done with practice. Kate, get going. He took off, went, to, he went, did that, 
And, you know, if I said, Kate, no, I don't want you leaving. You can't go. He left a little early, missed the free throws at the end. We did. Mm-hmm. If I did that, he wouldn't, he'd probably say, oh, I'm not going to play basketball no more. You know, so yeah. that's where the small, smaller school, like we can make that work. Franz, Franz Rice had another kid today uh, at one, he went to a, a football thing because football is really his baby but he's really good basketball player too and so uh he wanted to you know go to this football event and today and they said hey what time can i decide we worked our practice i actually worked my practice in between those two so we could work it out so three of our kids had an opportunity they made sure we were going to be they're going to be basketball they know varsity about they would have been there if we couldn't have made it work they were going to be at varsity basketball practice i don't want to yeah. say they weren't would not have been there but yeah. i was the one that wanted to make it work so they could do both yeah and i think that takes pressure off kids when a head coach of that season will do things to help kids out and maybe basketball is not their number one sport in their love but if you'll help them out with their other sport Boy, I'll tell you what, Kate Sears comes to practice for me, and that kid works as hard as anybody. And he's a, he guards our point guard every day right now, and he's he's helping and making us better. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be a kid that's going to step up and be a varsity guy for me as junior, senior year. He's going to be a starter senior year and might start next year, but he'll be a varsity guy next year. You know, so there's a, that's an example. And Franz Rice right now, he comes off the bench and, and could be starting here by after Christmas. Uh, 6'5", postman and sophomore, and, mm-hmm. and he's going to play playing a lot of minutes. So if, if we just try to make more work and we take pressure off the kids shoulders i think that helps them too yeah i i think that's a great way to say it mitch it, it, take take the pressure off the kids because they do feel that pressure don't you think that that you know most kids want to please uh yep. their coaches and yep. they feel like i'm getting caught in the middle here and we have to do what we can to help out these multi-sport athletes to keep them multi-sport athletes because with some of these kids there's enough outside influence that are trying to get them to specialize and we need to try and be the good guys as much as we can without compromising the good of the team as you said no doubt about it no doubt let's talk about your practice setup uh what do you guys do what do you guys uh what's your typical practice look like um you know, what are you emphasizing? What's 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 the as Jim Calhoun uh, said, you know, you can only be great at, at three, maybe four things. And and so what are the three or four things that you guys are consistently looking at being great? And how do you implement that into your practice setup? You know, I think uh, we basically we do it like everybody does the first uh, 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, first 15 minutes is we're doing some of our fundam- up and down fundamental drills, but we're, we want to be up and down for get a lot of conditioning in then. And uh, I think shooting is important. We we just want to be we want to be a great three point shooting team, and and so we we. Every day we have a shooting, we do a shooting drill every day. And our postmen are doing the same ball handling drills, two ball dribbling, and they're shooting threes the same because you you want the stretch four, stretch fives anymore. Because if they can do that, it's amazing. And so we're, uh, we really, really emphasize the shooting, the three point shooting. And, and then we go from that. We're going, we're working on our half court. We're working on press breaks just like everybody does, but we're, we're going through that pretty quick. Uh, but then we're, we're really working a lot on our half court, our transition game from half court defense to offense and then half court offense to defense. Maybe we're getting our press. So we're, we're, we're going up and down scrims and we'll be, we'll be in a full court setting. Uh, you know, if we're using the clock the whole time, uh, so time, cause you know, you stop and use some talking. And if I keep talking, then I'm going too long, just like I am right now. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you're doing just, just fine. You know, 
we're we're going to do that. We're going to do the half court uh, defense and offense. We're going to do that uh, up and down for fifteen. We're going to come back half court offense and defense for fifteen. So we're thirty minutes basically up and down full court, and and then and then we might we might continue on some more, or at, or at that point, and we, we'll work our out of bounds plays in at the same time we're doing that, and then we're and then we'll usually finish up. Then we'll then we'll really settle down and work on our half court offense some more, um, uh, just to, we want that rock solid at the end of the games. And uh, we don't have a shot clock yet this year. I don't know if Nebraska, you guys put that in this year or not. We are next year. Uh, we're still we're so, still waiting. We're still waiting. I, I I think hopefully within two years we'll get it. You know, yeah, so the year yeah. after you guys would get it. Yeah. So we we our half court offense and in, in against man to man. I know a lot of people like run a lot of a lot of different uh, motion and different things. We run a lot of sets. I mm-hmm. mean, we want to run in transition and we want to score as much in transition can before the defense sets up. But at that point, after that, we're 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 especially if we're playing a team that's that's as good as us or better than us. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna run we're gonna run a, some different sets and we're gonna isolate uh, what we think we're gonna you know. Uh, get our best players the, the the majority of the shots and you know and uh we try to make that happen and put them in the best spots possible so we really work hard on that and then we we, we were finished we're we're gonna they're gonna stick around afterwards and and we do uh a three point another three-point shooting drill and then uh obviously free throws that they gotta they do they're held accountable uh my assistant coach takes care of that but the threes we do that and uh so but we our guys i think what we try to do is uh Right now we're we go a little longer right now at the beginning of the year, but I'm I'm going to tell you night four games. Uh, once we get after Christmas night four games, seventy five minutes will be our long will be as about as long as we're in the gym. A night four games, sixty to seventy five minutes. Uh, but then after that, it's about ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. Is I like to keep things quick, fresh. And, you know, I, I know some people will go to two. I've, I've heard some two and a half hour practices now. I, I, I can't even I can't do it as a coach. I can't stand there that long. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, we like to We like to keep things crisp, fresh and, come, and, you know, I think the guys really enjoy that and look forward to that, that they know, uh, you know, they're not going to be there all day all day long you know yeah. and so uh you know if they perform and they do a good job we're good it's gonna happen we're gonna be done soon i i think i saw you speak at a coach's clinic one time maybe in ralston or something um and and you talked about the sets and the things that you do i, I i'm just going by memory here like we did yeah, it yeah, the like coach's clinic it was at lincoln yeah maybe that's it what it one was one summer in august yeah and yeah. a gm i actually brought four or five of my players with there to demonstrate some things yeah, yeah that might have been it so uh you know, and and you had, you know, I think you had like 21, 22, you know, some, something like that. And uh, yeah, 22, 20, yeah. yeah. And my, all my then coach, the conference coaches are, is, I tell our kids, it's a, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Marty, but yeah. um, we, there's, we got coaches now that run some of our sets right back at us. And you see it, and we just tell our, you know, and it's a great compliment, but I steal stuff too from everybody. You just, that's what you do as a mm-hmm. coach. You steal and rob. But yeah. go ahead, Marty. I'm sorry. I didn't well, mean to interrupt well, you. My, my question is, is I, I, I remember that from watching you in that coach's clinic. And it seemed like those were, you know, come, come hell or high water, that's those, you know, these were going to be part of our system. Um, at what point do you start teaching those sets to your kids since you are a, a set heavy program? 
Yeah. We're going to go seventh, seventh for sure, seventh and eighth grade. And we will actually go to the fifth and sixth and fifth and sixth because I don't want them. I don't want kids thinking in fifth and sixth. You want them just playing in that. So, but we do put about three. So they got three little quick hitters that they can, they can really work on and use and, and help them out because, and, and it's called 22 and 23, just a couple ISO plays. And uh, we call it double and it's the horn set. And we put that, you know, there's only one play I've ever developed my own. And that was what called 22 and 23. And I just went to Palmer. Palmer I had Mark Pearson, a great three points here, had a great point guard. And so it's a dribble drive. It's a pitch. It's a kick or you run a counter and you got the year, but you get another dribble, you know, so it's always everything we do always has a counter to it. And uh, so you're, you're right. So seventh and eighth grade, uh, they're going to have, um, they're going to have at least, they got five, about six of them that mm-hmm. they're going to have. And then uh, four, we get down to the fifth and sixth. They usually got about, we got four basic ones that they do. So they, the kids have been running that when they come all the way up through. And, you know, I, I, one quick story, 2004 state championship game, we were down 13 with 6.06 left in the game. We called timeout. I had one timeout left. And I said, okay, we put Jeff Beeson, who's now the ED at Glenwood, uh, Iowa, and does a great job. He's a thorn on my own side now. He's kicking <laughs> our butts on there. But yeah. anyway, uh, Jeff, we put him in the corner, right corner. Joel, my point guard, I had Billy Miller, another three-point shooter, put him at the top. I call it 22. And the other post, Greg Applegate, who played tight end at Northwest Missouri State, he's down on the block. So him and Billy are in the same line. Long story short, we said, guys, we get we don't got time for anything else. Just going to run that set every time down the floor, the rest of the game, every time, every time. So Joel runs the counter. Billy Miller hits a three. Step pop back step back hits a three the old come pit dribble drive parent kicks the bees in the corner bees and hits three threes in a row and then joel goes to the hoop and gets fouled and and we went on a, we went on a 19-0 run and uh we ended up winning the game and we they did not score the rest of the game we went on a 19-0 run and we hit that we hit like three threes right away and they, they were just shell-shocked and and we won the state title and oh my gosh because it looked pretty gloomy doomy at that point but uh so you know you just keep doing what they do until they can stop you. you yeah, know? yeah, and, exactly. Uh, everybody knows it's coming, and everybody knows. But you have the players to do it. You yeah. have the players that can do it, and you got to knock down threes. But you got, our our sets we got, Marty, are really point guard heavy. Also, you need a great point guard. Yeah. And I've got one this year, Brad Curran. He started for me as a sophomore last year. He's a junior. We'll have him, you know. And so you got to, you know, I've had uh, Michael Kopp. And throughout the years, I've had some great point guards. So you got to be point guard heavy. Uh, or uh, point guard heavy, he dictates a lot of it. He's going to determine what he's going to do, you know. So anyway, uh, it's fun. Yep. Um, let's talk about uh, your game day. Uh, your game day procedures uh, from your, your pregame um, what, what are you doing? Uh, let's say it's a home game. Uh, what's kind of your clock? How do you guys run your stuff to get your, to get your guys ready to go, uh, for the game? And then, you know, after the game, how do you usually handle your post game and, and what, what we are doing with that, with that stuff? Yeah. You know, Marty, this, and this, it's nothing, it's nothing super special. Mm-hmm. Um, especially now that I'm not in the school system. So it's not as easy for me. And so it's not, you know, timing in that and who's there or not. So when we have a road game. I can tell you, if we got a road game, okay. uh, we're meeting at a certain time, 30 minutes before we leave. The, the guys usually are going to go, uh, to, uh, cause our JV is already taken off. So it's just the varsity's going with me or the top eight usually because the other guys are, are playing some JV. 
baby because their game's going to start at 4 30 start earlier in the day so we're not going at the same time so we're just taking a suburban with them so we're going to meet 30 minutes before in the gym have our shoot around uh just uh, they get some getting some shots up and then we do a little walk through and then we and then we're talking about the team and, and we've already gone through it know what we're doing it's just a reminder and we got four basic things we just talked about we want to play solid half court d we got a box out and board we want to push the ball but take care of it we want to push it every chance we get but got to take care of it and fourth thing is poise and i those are the four keys to any you know we said we, we hold team under six offensive boards a game we keep our turnovers in single digits we we most likely are going to win and uh, you know i can only think of one time i think in my whole career i think when those two stats didn't merge like that that it didn't happen mm-hmm. uh, you know that we got beat but that's on the road and then we take off and go and so home game uh basically right now home game the guys on that that i'm not in the school now the guys they usually they either come in the morning before uh school starts or sometime during the day they slip down with the mr carney whether they got a study hall or it's right after they go get their some free throws and some shots up the top the top group uh we do not necessarily with the freshmen or jv but just the top group and so they take care of that on their own and then basically we meet uh the game girls game starts we got double headers and so we're meeting in the locker room at about 25 20 minutes before the girls game starts and i got a, just a little 10 minute talk with them there we go we review some things and then home game in the halftime they come down and get ready and we're going mm-hmm. so you know sometimes less is more uh less is uh what do i want to say less is more and it's yep. maybe it's a little better not to do overdo it you know and overblow it we just try to keep things as simple as we can and and keep things the same i think that's an important thing too and you know whether it's a state championship game it's hard to do or so, you know the hardest game is somebody say a state championship game no the toughest game you play is always that game when you're going to go to the state tournament you know yeah, that's that state game that, that, state on that sub-state game that's the that's the pressure cooker game mm-hmm. you know and uh because then uh, you get there and boy they're breaking down that that wall to get there that's always tough but getting there then and then you just turn or lose state tournament you know so but we try to keep things as normal as we can and as regular as we can because we think the kids that keeps the pressure off them and and hopefully they'll perform the best their ability best concession stand in southwest iowa Best concession stand. Oh boy. Hey, now you got to take Harlan out of it. You can't be a homer. Yep, yep. I can't. I better ask my wife, Nancy. What's the best concession stand? And uh, at a basketball game, they're all sort of. Glenn is pretty dark solid concession stand. Okay. And we're gonna say Glenwood is. You know, Jeff's got it rolling down there. You know? <laughs> so uh, he's they. You know, I know it's football games and our football games, our concession stands are incredible. They got to, our booster club does it, the football games and with mm-hmm. the steak sandwiches and all that. And I know everybody has that, but uh, yeah, steak sandwiches. Uh, I don't really get a taste of. I don't. I don't eat too much when I go travel. I'm not doing the concession. That's so why I got to ask Nancy because I'm not really eating anything at that point. Did you say steak sandwiches at Harlan? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Not geez. a basketball. That's football. That's football, Marty. Not what? the basketball games, but God. football. You can get them. Jeez! Yeah. I yeah. mean, I knew you so, guys were big time over there, but steak sandwiches. Yeah. This is you know, that's, Marty. That's something. I'm just going to mention. You know that uh, I just uh, this will be a 38th year coach, and I told our kids, I said, you just don't take any anything for granted because you know I was starting point guard last year, second after second game, and he was a stud and uh, broke his tibia. In the second game of the year, got back right at tournament time, but wasn't the same. You know, couldn't sure. do anything like he could do yeah. before. So I think this is all kids, and that you just gotta 
you got to really uh, the same. You do the very very best you can, and and don't take things for granted. That's why you work hard each and every practice and each and every game. Don't take a game for granted because pretty soon you know oh, I'm starting as a junior. Well, your senior year you get hurt and you're out for the year, or uh, it just yeah. flies by like that, you know. Yeah. And and uh, you know, on a personal note, I think too, uh, same way for me as coaching. You know, Marty, I don't know if you knew. Seven years ago, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's mantle cell lymphoma. Yep. And uh, yep. yeah, and I had a stem cell transplant six years ago, and then this summer I just uh, I wasn't feeling well at the end of June, and I just was I was diagnosed then. I got I got multiple. It's called multiple myeloma. That's another blood different blood cancer. And that uh, it sort of deteriorates and puts little pox and little holes in your bone. And so we're doing treatment now at the Buffett Cancer Center for that. In fact, I got a uh, treatment here this Tuesday, and that's every two weeks I go there now. But uh, uh, thank goodness for the Buffett Cancer Center. But uh, the point I'm going to make is is uh, I'm coaching. I'm doing everything I want to do. I'm auctioneering. You live your life, and that's what you got to do. And you just you don't take things for granted. So coaches, I'm telling you, don't take things for granted because and the snap of a finger your your health that's something that uh it can change in the snap of a finger and you gotta just enjoy every minute that you're out there coaching with the kids and and the games we want to win games but it's not the end of the world believe me it's not the end of the world yeah well i you know obviously i knew about the 2014 uh cancer diagnosis but mitch i did i did not know about the the most recent one here and and you know uh, I just, uh, you know, I hope everything, I hope you've got a, uh, a good prognosis and, and everything is, is, it's a, hopefully it's a very treatable form. Uh, we lost my father-in-law about almost two years ago. It was two years ago on December 17th. And so we spent a lot of time in that Buffett cancer, cancer center over the, the year and a half before that. And, yep. and, uh, you know, it was, it's, it's, uh, it's a tough thing. And, and so, uh, from from the bottom of my heart, I, I, I sincerely hope everything goes uh, the way uh, the best way that it possibly can for you here, and, and everything is is something that it's it's very treatable and controllable, and and that you can just keep doing what you're doing, man. Absolutely, Marty, and I just you know I just mentioned I want to mention just so coaches know. I started, you just keep, keep out there having fun. And, and, you know, and I was going to mention, I, Doug Woodard, I'm, uh, he won the state title a couple of years ago and Tim Cannon, I, I'm so happy for Tim getting mm-hmm. this, getting a title last year. You know, I was happy for him because I know he's been through and it's just, uh, but a lot of great people out there, Marty. I sure have enjoyed being on the show and I appreciate you asking me. Uh, it's been, it's been terrific, Mitch. This is, this has just been a, a lot of fun. Um, any social media you want to plug? Uh, you know, I really, I, I'm on, I am on Twitter, but I don't do a whole lot. And not that I'm out of the, when I was at the school system, I did a lot more on that, you know, on that, but you know, so, uh, not really, but I'm gonna, definitely going to follow you now. So Marty, can I get that? So that's great. Greatly appreciated. Greatly appreciated. Well, uh, Mitch, thanks so much for coming on here tonight. Uh, if you could hold the line here for just a second, I uh, got to wrap up a couple things and, and, and we'll call it a day. So uh mitch osborne the boys basketball coach at harlan iowa uh want to give a shout out to my guy tony Viss, my boy uh you know tony and i go back a long long ways we always said uh you know i i think we're kind of in some way related we just don't know it we're we're two pretty well two peas in a pod we're kind of both idiots and stuff and and tony was a <laughs> Uh, t- Tony was the go-between uh, to get Mitch and I together here. So, uh, Tony V, you're the man. Love you, buddy. Miss you. So, uh, you know, thanks so much for uh, helping out there. But uh, Mitch Osborne, the 
boys basketball coach. We, of course, want to thank Cossack Chiropractic for once again sponsoring the podcast. Uh, if you're in need of any chiropractic services, don't hesitate to call Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi at 402-964-0300. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. Download and rate and review the pod. Email me with any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas. A pen and a napkin at gmail.com. My name is Marty Plum. I have had the privilege to talk to Mitch Osborne this evening. A lot of great information. I wrote down a bunch of stuff here. And coaches, I'm sure you will too. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time. <laughs>